The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. With betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki have prominent betting pictures at race courses across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk. And now, get busy listening and get busy winning. Here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. I don't know about you, but I cannot wait for the proper return of the jumps. We've got Cheltenham this weekend, and the Cheltenham Festival will feel even better in 2023 because we know that in a year's time, it will not be going to five days. All right! Common sense prevails. And that little giggle in the background is from a woman returning to the show. We did a Cheltenham preview together back in March. Uh, she made a cameo appearance in the final furlong, and it's a warm welcome back to the show to Katie Young. Welcome back, Katie. Thanks very much, Emmett. Thanks for that. So since we last spoke, back. yeah, since we last spoke on the pod, uh, you were working for Gordon Elias. You were writing out for him. Uh, you've spent your whole life working in the racing industry, but you've moved up in the world. You're now in the bloodstock world. Yeah, that's correct. So through that summer, I thought maybe I want to try my hand at something else. Um, so I landed myself a job at BBA Island. Uh, doing the shipping and transport for horses, mainly from England to uh, Ireland or Ireland to England, but also French, France and America as well. So that's where I'm at at the minute. Um, I'm still still have my foot in the door in uh, in National Hunt. I'm riding out for Pawdy Roach uh, two lots every morning before I go into the office, and then obviously at the weekends as well. So I'm not too far away, but I'm in a, in, a, in a nice warm office for the majority of the day anyway. See, I was thinking, oh, this is great. Like, she's not having to muck out anymore. She's not having to be uh, going out riding work in the driving rain and the freezing. No, no, no. No, it's still still doing that in the mornings. Still uh, doing but, it. But on the car, and then you're in a nice, warm, air-conditioned, heated office. Um, you can briefly tell us then about Cougar. This is a nice transition from the flat to the jumps because Cougar has done the exact same thing uh, going from the world of flat racing into jumps. So Party obviously won uh, Cheltenham with Brazil and similar type uh, in Cougar. He's a deep impact out of a Galileo mare and he made a really taking debut over hurdles uh, at the Curra. He's an, he's an exciting juvenile prospect. Yeah, no, he was but um, perfect at Goran. He didn't miss a beat and I'd say they're very excited about him. He looks, hopefully, like he might follow in footsteps of Brazil, maybe, kind of same, similar profile. Um, he'll obviously have to improve a good bit as he goes along to get to where Brazil ended up, but he looks very exciting um, at the moment. He won a Curra Maiden by seven lengths and then wins first yeah. time out over hurdles. So you'd like yeah. to think, look, it's very early days, but you would certainly like to think that there's the potential for him to be better than Brazil. Perhaps he'll actually be running in the Triumph Hurdle. Um, yeah. Although if he lines up in the in the Fred Winter and wins it, JP will be very pleased with that as well. I would say he'd be delighted with whatever he does from now on in. It's interesting, actually. I was trying to figure out, is he the first deep impact to go over hurdles in Ireland and England? There is a very good question. And let me I think he could be. I, I know there is right. one in Japan. 
there is a deep impact, very good horse over in Japan, over the big fences over there, but I haven't seen one over here. So I think he could be the first of the deep impacts to make a stamp over hurdles anyway. It wasn't exactly his ambition. I mean, when he was no. leaving Aiden's yard, I'm sure he was saying to himself, oh, maybe I'm off to Hong Kong. Maybe I'm headed to Australia. Wait, what are you doing? Gelding me? No! Um, <laughs> and he's popping hurdles. But hey, these these horses have to start the uh, transition at some point. And um, unfortunately, Deep Impact is no more. So we're running out of his prospects. But yeah. I don't see any... On the Racing Post database, I don't see any other Deep Impact running over hurdles in Britain or Ireland. If you yeah. see one, let us know at Final Furlong Pod, where you can happily go, Katie, okay, how'd you not know that such and such a horse won a grade three? <laughs> um, let us let us know if you spot anything. But yeah, he could be, I think he's the only one. Um, so they're a rare breed and uh, he's very exciting. Um, what's he like in the mornings? Yeah. yeah, no, he's lovely. He's a lovely horse, actually. He's very laid back sort of fella. And yeah, I think he's, he's took to jump in very well by the looks of it over his first start at Goran. Um, I'd say they're very excited about him. Mm. Obviously, like it's early early in the season and it'd be interesting to see what other horses, are, other juveniles turn out to be like because it's quite an interesting area as like horses kind of, they could not have much form on the flat but they take off over hurdles to that kind of way. So it'd be interesting to see which kind of, which type of horse uh, crops up over the next month or so, because they'll be starting to come out soon, I'd say. Well, that's something we were talking about today, because it's becoming a rarity. Paddy Aspel was on TalkSport with me, and he was at the sales. And it's just becoming more of a rare. I know James Willoughby's written an article about this, that it doesn't always translate uh, flat ratings to jumps racing. But it's becoming harder and harder to get these highly rated flat horses two jumps. It's not mm. like 10 years ago um, when Graham Wiley and JP were going to war with one another. So this fellow was rated 92 on the flat, transitions over. There's very few horses like that, though. Whereas a horse like yeah. Mostly Cloudy, I think, is a reasonable example. A horse like him would have been snapped up by a jumps owner in the past. And instead, horses like him now go where he's gone, Australia, because there's so much prize money there and such a demand for high-class, middle-distance uh, and staying horses in the UK and Ireland, that it's just harder for the jumps boys to keep them. That's just it. I think Pied Piper, he was rated high 90s on a flat, if I can remember rightly. That make, that um, rings a bell. And he, they bought him, they bought him, what was it, probably this time last year, I think, to go hurdling, and he did well. He obviously did very well. He was dead heated in that grade one in um, Aintree. But he's, he's another one that was high, quite high profile on the flat and converted very well over hurdles. be interested to see what he does in open company because I think that's, a, that's where this bit of a taboo is. They seem to, some of them fall in a hole going transitioning from juveniles to open company. It can be um, a big jump. It'd be interesting to see how the kind of grade one horses from the juvenile year last year, how they fare this year in, into open company. Well, on that, he started his career at Pontchastown on New Year's Eve. He beat Vauban. 
Vauban then yes. he then went to Cheltenham and absolutely bolted it up. Uh, Vauban then turned the form around with them at the DRF, and he skipped Cheltenham, went straight to entry, and as you said, dead heated with night salute. That was a terrific run. Uh, yeah. They tried him back in the flat, and he was only beaten three and a quarter links by Coltrane, and that form looks very good now. So he's going to be really interesting for the season, but so is uh, Vauban. Vauban, whichever pronunciation. We're only eight minutes in, and already... My mouth words are failing me. Um, the more I look at the champion hurdle market, the more intrigued I am by Vivan. And you and I spoke about mm. Pipe Piper in, in detail before Cheltenham. I really liked him. And he lost very yeah. little in defeat at, at the DRF and obviously then took his grade one, uh, sharing the, the spoils with Knight Saluted Aintree. Um, mm. just, just on Vivan, though, uh, with the, the champion hurdle is seemingly what they're going to do with him this season. He's very fast. They've talked about the Melbourne Cup at some point for him as well. Um, how do you think he's going to transition to open company this season? I, to be honest, I think he could be... He obviously looks the best of the juvenile crop last year. It'd be very interesting to see what he does over hurdles, whether he is whether he can translate that form into open company. I think he, I think he can. I think he's very good. Um, we thought a lot of Fildor and Pied Piper last year like we thought they were two very very smart horses and he floored Fildor three times um, and obviously he was second behind Pied Piper on the first lap but I'd say he probably would have needed that run maybe mm. um, but Pied Piper again he's a very good horse in his own right um, but I think he's He's obviously the best out of that of the last year's crop, and I think I think he could translate it to own company by the looks of him. He kind of bar his first run, he didn't do anything wrong. Um, in his three grade ones, I think he won, didn't he? Yeah, three grade ones. Um, so I think he could. He might put it up to honeysuckle. Yes, we'll have to wait and see. But I'd say he probably won't be out until maybe similar time this year I'd say yeah I would imagine um, that he'll be he'll be late enough coming back we'll, we'll see yeah. what they do with him and then where Willie Mullins decides to target him because look it makes sense to go for the champion hurdle and while the yeah. stats boys will go well, you can't win um, five year olds do win champion hurdles they it's, do it's not I often Dan, I think was the late last wasn't he that's right I think I think it works out and catch it, catch it, and I saw down the latest two in this century, I think. Yeah, so you basically get one every decade, essentially, is, yeah. is how it kind of breaks down. But again, the stats boys will be like, nah, that doesn't, that doesn't uh, compute. But God, he's, he's good. He does need to be a little bit more fluent at his hurdles, for sure. But yeah. if he can jump up on that and mature, the engine he has, Katie, is, is electric. And yeah. maybe there's a slight worry in the back of my mind about his breathing just because Willie put the tongue tie on him. But would there be another reason why the tongue tie is is utilised by a trainer or does that indicate that there might just be something not quite right? Uh, no, they can put it on horses to... Some of them can kind of half swallow the tongue um, and the tongue can kind of... They go... They don't like... doesn't. Sometimes the tongue can move up and down and it can stop the airflow going through. So if you put tongue tie on, it just keeps everything shut and it just helps with all the airways. 
keeps everything clear. So it could be on for that reason as well. Mm. Um, and that, there might not actually be a problem with his wind, but it could be he's maybe swollen or his tongue, something simple as that. Um, so yeah. So the question that could be. the question then becomes: So he'll he'll be going down the champion hurdle route. Uh, your former boss will have Pipe Piper and, and Phil Dore. Um, given how mm-hmm. highly both of them were regarded last season and how they backed that up then with tremendous runs. I mean, look, it's not their fault that Vaughan uh, emerged on the scene. How do you think they're going to fare this season and what do you think the plan will be with them? I think I, Reed and Gordon's um, stable tour, I think he mentioned Fildor is going chasing this year because mm. they'll, take, they'll take the four-year-old allowance, which is a big help. Um, so I think they're going to go down that route. Um, I think he could be a nice two and a half mile. I think he'll stay a trip. I don't think he's the quickest horse, um, but I think he's now an outstay, and I think he he'll relish a trip on soft ground as well. Um, and I think getting that uh, four-year-old allowance as well would be a massive help to him. So he could be very well placed going down that route. That's Phil Dore. Pied Piper, we're going to see this weekend. We'll see him on Saturday, uh, where he rematches with Night Salute at Cheltenham. And Jack Kennedy's already been booked for the ride. Um, it does seem as though he's going to Cheltenham and then the Wicked Hurdle. The <laughs> Should we just get Blue Wicked and go yeah, mad, Katie? I, I hate that race. <laughs> Why? Yeah, I just because I think it's a it's a big taboo race for me. Like they'll run. Every time a fancied horse runs in that race, and they're real, they get right, they get beaten. Oh, I just, I know I just hate that race. This. I don't know why. Like Apple J got beaten. It Sam Crow got beaten in it. And anything that seems to win doesn't do much then for the rest of the season. Anything right. that finished second seems to go on and win after it. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I don't like that race at all. <laughs> Honestly, I looked. I looked. Um, so last year, I looked back at the results, and I think the only one, like two out of it in the last ten years, that wouldn't have gone on to do something else after it. It's it was an, it's an odd race. So it's a race that's basically caused you trauma over the years, but also you make a very good point because it has caused a number of upsets, and those horses then haven't quite. It's it's burst balloons. It's yes, uh, burst bubbles, for sure. Burst balloons. What the hell was that? Burst bubbles. Yeah. We'll get there, uh, for sure. And it's been a bit of a wake-up call for some horses coming back for connections. But yeah, it can be a funny race. It's interesting that Gordon has already yeah. mapped out that route with him, though. So clearly, hurdling is going to be on the agenda for him. And look, as I mentioned, he, he ran a blinder at, at Royal Ascot. He wasn't beaten that far at all by a horse who's gone on terrifically since then. So every reason to think he'll have a, a, a big say this season. Yeah, no, I think it is obviously, by the looks of it, staying over hurdles for the season, which is probably not a bad shout. Um, I think he could jump a fence in time, but I'd say another another year of hurdles probably wouldn't do him any harm at all. Um, he's got good flat form as well, and he didn't do much wrong last year. So I'd say, why not crack at the champion hurdle? He's probably the best profile of a horse out of, between him and Fildor um, to go down the champion hurdle route. So I'd say he'll be in 
he'll have a route planned out for him anyway. And it'd be interesting to see where he goes after on Royal, maybe the Morgiana, if it's not too close between. I think it could be, though. I think it's usually two weeks between. Um, but, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he fares after this weekend and the rematch between him and Knight's Low should be interesting. Yeah, the um, fact that Gordon is already mapping out down Royal for him just makes me think Night Salute, there's a bookmaker going 7-4 to four Night Salute. 10-11 to 11 mm. Pied Piper. I'll take the 7-4, to four. thank you very much. Because why does Gordon want to get two runs into him so quickly? Maybe he's just going to need this comeback. Um, maybe mm. Gordon has already, maybe he's already spending the prize money. He's like, yeah, we're going to win that and we'll win the race at down Royal and then we'll put him away for a little bit and come back then later. Um, maybe it's yeah. as simple as that. But I think... He had a run only in June, so I'd say he probably he probably maybe had a short break after that, but I'd say he wouldn't have missed too much. So I know Gordon's tend to do need to run this time of year, but I'd say he might get away with it. Mm. If he had a run on the flat in the summer, it wasn't too long ago. Like so, and Paul, don't be surprised if he maybe didn't need the run. Paul and I were talking about prospects for him this season, and I know the stairs hurdle came up. Not necessarily that we both like him for it, just that would it be an option? But your mindset would be very much champion hurdle, which makes sense because that's where Vaughan's going to be going. Yeah. I do actually think, looking at a lot of profiles of juveniles, they do kind of, over the years, they do, they do seem to fare out, stay in the trip, especially over three mile, and I've noticed that a lot. Um, like looking at Danny here, he's crying out for a trip. Yeah. Um, this year I'd say he could be Gordon's main stay, stay, stay as hurdle contender. But I think the juvenile, I think they do, they will stay a trip. And I'd say Pied Piper could in time as well. But I think he's a bit more speed than the likes of Danny here had, and also Phil Dore as well. So I'd say the champion hurdle route with him is probably the right route to go. Yeah, he has definitely got more pace. And I really liked Zan here in his juvenile year. I liked him last year as well. He's yeah. he's a real honest game horse. But he definitely yeah. wants to step up. Like Stairs Hurdle is, is a big yeah. that's gonna I think the they were talking about the Liz Mullen hurdle at Navin for him. Um Yeah. And staying hurdles could be the making of him this season. I think that's he's gonna be a, a very big player, Zanahir. Um before we switch to novices Honeysuckle is obviously going to be the main player for Ireland in the champion hurdle. A lot of talk this week about Constitution Hill and how he's going to crush everything. It's just, you may as well not even bother showing up. Uh, Graham Rodway, which, by the way, I I quite like Graham Rodway. Um, at least he can be entertaining sometimes. But my goodness, his, um, his comments in the Racing Post, he's... He shouldn't be considered a contender for the champion hurdle. He should be considered the champion. What? That's a big statement to me. What? Here's the thing. If he wins the champion hurdle, people will be like, yeah, okay. If he gets beaten in the champion hurdle, you look like an idiot. Because it's real easy to go for the 7-4. to The 11-8 to favorite for it right now. But if you come out with something as bullish as that, it doesn't... People will remember that and go, hey, remember when... Graham Rodway was saying that Constitution Hill would just like, just call him the champion now. You've got a two-time champion hurdle winner who's a three-time Cheltenham Festival winner, a, a multiple grade one winner who's unbeaten in her entire career. But no, we should call him the champion. 
Um, where, what is your stance on, on Constitution Hill? Like, he's undeniably exciting, but where do you, you sit on, is he going to win the champion hurdle? Is he not? I think they're not giving Honeysuckle enough credit, to be honest. Don't Katie. I, she's 12 grade, 12 grade one wins under her belt, unbeaten in 16 runs. She keeps pulling everything out of the bag. She always finds more. Do you think, like, there's been a couple of starts there. I think when she ran in the in the Hatton's Grace and Ronald Pump gave her a run for money, she still found that bit extra. I, I don't think they've tapped into how good she actually is. And I think it's, it's going to be a big ask as well from a novice going to open company as well. Like, it, it, it's a different ball game. People don't think, don't, people don't realise that sometimes as well. I just think, I just can't see Honeysuckle being beaten this year. Again, I think she's, I think she's going to continue her good run of ones by a name. And Graham Rodway is down! Graham Rodway is down! The referee counts it out, it's all over! Uh, yeah, I mean, look, she's fours, seven to two, to be fair. Seven to two for the champion hurdle. He's eleven to eight. He might, he might mop the floor with everything in the UK. He probably is going to do that. He's probably going to win. It's the Ascot hurdle is what they seem to be toying with. That's what Paul and I talked about a few weeks ago. That seems like where they're going to go with them. And then there's oh god, there's a terrible risk that they're going to go for the contenders hurdle. Jesus Christ, what a brutal race. Anyway. Anyway, Sandown aren't happy about me continuously saying this, but it's a stupid race, Katie, and it shouldn't exist. <laughs> so he's not going to really have competitive races unless he's pitched in to the Christmas hurdle, which Epitant will probably, you know, JP is probably going to want to go for that again. Um, but if he can be persuaded, maybe that's where Constitution Hill will go. There was a comment from Michael Buckley about coming over to Ireland for Christmas. Okay. You might want to do that. What does Nicky want to do? I'll believe it when it happens. But it's good that he's he's saying that, and it's great for um, the the is it the Savills hurdle these days, the big hurdle at Christmas at Leopardstown. That would be tremendous. But realistically, there's nothing in Britain that should be capable of laying a glove on him in the Ascot hurdle or in the that stupid Contenders hurdle. Uh, so unless he runs in the Christmas hurdle, he's probably going to win. His, his races, which means he will be a shorter price. Um, he's at least going to be the price that he is now, 11 to 8, 5 to 4. He might even be shorter than that. Meanwhile, in Ireland, Honeysuckle is probably going to have harder tasks than she had last year. So her price might not come under as much pressure. But if she does what she's done in the past, wins the Hatton's Grace again, comes out and wins the Irish Champion Hurdle, doing handstands again... We're in for one hell of a fight between those two and then put in Vaughan into that and possibly we have to see what they're going to do with, with Sir Gerard. If they stay fit and if they get there, it's going to be one hell of a spectacle, Katie. Yeah, no, it will. And Constitution Hill, he looks very exciting, don't get me wrong, he, he does, but like, he's won, he's ran three times, won three times. Like, Honeysuckle's ran 16 times, won 16 times. You can't really compare them at this stage. Like, okay, come back to me when he's won 12 grade ones. Do you know that kind of way? But Katie, he should um, be considered the champion. <laughs> I just, I'd just love to see Honeysuckle sign off her career unbeaten 
of a champion hurdle under a belt. It'd be some story, in fairness. It would be some it story. And I think she can do it. Um, I, I do, I, and I think she's going to have a tougher time of it this year, this side of the water, because she's likes of Vauban that, that could put up a strong challenge to her. And you've also got the likes of what they're going to do with Gaelic Warrior. Yeah. He could go, he could go same route. They thought a lot of him last year too. Um, and you've also got Stateman. He looked nice. He looked a, a nice novice last year. So he's got, he's got, Willie's got a few horses there that he's obviously going to split up over the season and place them well. But I think she could run into a few good ones this side of the water anyway. And, be interesting to see how they fare alongside her anyway. Yeah, she's only going to be nine when the champion hurdle comes around. And she yeah. she doesn't lose. No, she just... she's to be getting better the more she's the more she races. She's she's unbelievable there. She's phenomenal. And they they're very clever at how they look after her as well. Like it's it's gonna be the same campaign as always. Hatton's Grace, yeah. Irish Champion Hurdle, Champion Hurdle. She's not it's going great, to be like... overfaced. Which by the way, it's no. probably going to be a similar enough campaign to what uh, Constitution Hill has. I wouldn't be stunned at all if not, if Nikki goes, Ascot Hurdle, <sighs> Contenders Hurdle, Cheltenham. It's probably going to yeah. be two runs through, maximum three. I mean, this is Nikki Cotton Wool Henderson we're talking about. Um, it, it's, it's probably going to be two for both of them. But she's the one who, I mean, she's fours, seven to two with Kaluki, but fours, you can you can back her with some degree of confidence if you want to go and back Constitutional 11-8 and maybe Graham Rodway is right. Maybe he's just going to absolutely slay everything, including Honeysuckle. But I need to see that and I don't have any interest in backing him at 11-8 as things stand. No, I... I think I'm just going to sit and watch it and see how they fare. I don't think it's... I wouldn't be putting my money on to Constitution Hill anyway. I'd be, I'd be siding with Honeysuckle. I think. Yeah. And hopefully, cool. she pulls another three grade ones out the bag again this year. It, to add to her collection. It would be tremendous if she can if she can do that again four because I'm sure Punchestown will be on the agenda too. Let's not forget yeah. Punchestown. Um, if yeah, you're Punchestown, if you're Willie Mullins and the Thompsons, what do you do with Sir Gerard? I would love to see him over a fence. I think he's he's just a threat. He's big. He's a massive horse. He's strong. I think he he obviously won his point to point, so he can jump a fence. I think he'd be very exciting over fences next year or this season even. I think he'd be very exciting. I think that would be two miles. He'd stay two and a half as well. Two, two or two and a half, I think he'd be brilliant. I just don't... It may be if he'd won at Punchestown at the festival, if he'd won that two-mile grade one, I'd say he could be a champion hurler contender, but that just... Having that in the back of my mind, just... Yeah, I think a, a, a campaign going novice chasing would suit him down to the ground. I wonder, is it a combination of going right-handed and Punchestown at that time of year, or is it just going right-handed? Because 
if he's beaten there, having won the previous Ooh. season, that that would have been that would have been a little bit more um, difficult to explain. But the fact that he was beaten at Punchestown the previous season and yeah. in, in the bumper, having been such a, a good, brave winner against Kilcrut, who then absolutely Kilcrut routed him. And then he mm. gets routed by Mighty Potter at Punchestown. I just wonder if there's something up with him going that direction or coming to that time of year that it just doesn't suit him. Yeah, it could be. But he won his bumper easily in Down Royal, so he can go right-handed. I know it's not as tough a grade or competition, but there could be that he that that might be it, and that he's burnt out by that time of year, and maybe he just maybe his best runs are earlier in the season. But I just yeah, I think he he looks he looks like he could be a great chaser. He's a frame and he's around the point to point, so he can jump a fence. I I'd love to see him in the novice chasing ranks this, this season, to be honest. What was he like, um, just looking ahead to the new season when you were working with him at, at Gordon's before he was transferred? Because I remember Patrick Mullins being incredibly bullish and he couldn't ride at Cheltenham because of the COVID protocols. But he was basically saying, like, it's Kilcrut all day long. Like, that's who I, I would be riding. And then this fella turns up and Paul goes with Kilcrut. Rachel gets the ride on Sir Gerard, and we know how that panned out. But Patrick stuck with Kilcrut. That may have been a the the way that panned out. It um, uh, Patrick jumped ship. He he went to to Sir Gerard uh, when it came mm. to to Punchestown, uh, and Derek got to, to benefit then from from being on board Kilcrut. Uh, I think that's you know, O'Toole who was back in third. We might talk back in second. We might talk about a little bit later on. But physically, what was he like? Did he always look like a, a horse who was going to make it as a proper grade one superstar? Yeah, no, he, from the day he set foot in the yard, um, they thought it was pretty special. Um, he, his his work was brilliant. He jumped brilliant. He never really put a foot wrong. He was a lovely horse to have around the yard. Um, they always thought he could go on to be something special. Um, and it was a shame that he, he got taken out of the yard. But... Just, just with the everything that happened, I suppose. But he was, yeah, he was one of the odd favourites anyway, and he went. He obviously went on to do what we thought he was going to do at Cheltenham that year. We thought he would go very close in the Champion Cup, and he went and won it. Um, but I think going forward, he was always going to make a chaser at some stage, and I'm hoping that be this year. It'd be great to see him over fences. Yeah, I, I, I've backed him for the champion hurdle. <laughs> 20, so, oh, no. it so it wouldn't be great for me. Uh, but if he does, <laughs> if they do decide to go down that route, I, I would completely get it. It would make sense to me. Um, look, I suppose they'll have to figure out what they... Well, he's got a lot of firepower. They'll have mm. to figure out what he's going to send where, I'd say. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does do with them. Well, I mean, we're talking about you know horses for the season, but really through the prism of Cheltenham for all that we are talking mm-hmm. about horses for the, the new season. Uh, and mm-hmm. William Mullins hasn't made his mind up three weeks before Cheltenham, let alone in October 2022 before Cheltenham 2023. Um, but it is going to be fascinating to see how he 
how how this pans out for the new season and what he decides mm. to do because he's got like El Fabiolo probably goes chasing. I believe he does. I think uh, Paul had said that. But then you've got Statement as well because when Willie Mullins was talking about Sir Gerard as being a champion hurdle horse when he won the Ballymore, Vaughan and Statement hadn't won yet. Now I would argue that winning yeah. a Ballymore is a hell of a lot more impressive than winning a county hurdle. And I would yeah. be much more interested in, I just think the 20s about Sir Gerard, if he does go for it, is too big. But it's a Thompson horse and he's rising eight. Maybe they are going to go and I was chasing. Um, where would you stand with Statement? I think he's, obviously he went a slightly different route to what you're kind of, you'd want in a grade one horse maybe. But I don't think he did anything wrong. He went, he won a county hurdle, but like that's still a very good race. And he obviously went on in practice form by winning um, at Punchtown. He won the grade one there. So he's obviously a grade one horse. And that was a good race. Like He had three straight by even behind him. He's a very good horse in his own right. He had a kill crook as well behind him. Flame bearer. He, he won a grade two, I think. Um like he's franked his form there and I'd say I don't I wonder if they they could go chasing with him. I wouldn't be surprised if they went chasing with him and and left the champion to maybe the likes of Boban and Gaelic Warrior. Mm. Yeah, Gaelic Warrior's another one. Yeah. God the money that came for him in the Fred Winter was on but it was obscene the amount of yeah. money that was that was placed on him. Um much to Park Coach's delight and uh, JP's delight when they land the, the gamble with, with Brazil. Yeah. Um, but I did feel like that was a horse who was just still finding himself. Like, he's still a bit of a shell of a horse, Gellig Warrior. I wouldn't be at all disappointed about the fact that he was beaten in the Fred Winter with a view to this season. There's every reason to think that he will just yeah. improve and be a, a much better horse this year. Like, if you look back at, say, Gallop and Champs, he won the Martin Pipe at Cheltenham. That was a handicap. Mm-hmm. And look what he's gone on to do. Sir Deschamps you know, came down probably, that route as well. Yeah, so looking back at statement, like I wouldn't be worried about him if he kind of trained and he, he just won a county hurdle. Like I think, I think he's a, I think he's a solid Grade One horse. Looking at him, and I think he's exciting whatever route he goes down. One thing but that I think kind of be, the one thing that kind of sits in the back of my mind with him, and it's just a a warning in the back of my mind about him. I get a St. Roy vibe off him. And maybe that's a very harsh yeah. view to take. But you know, people wanted to wax lyrical about St. Roy when he won the county, including Barry Garrity on this show. Um, not that Barry was at all biased. You know, that was an incredible day for him. Um, and he was unbelievably impressive there. It's just it's one thing to do it in handicap mm-hmm. company and a grade one at Punchestown at the end of the season, albeit that St. Roy didn't do that. Um, he went for the was it the crime hurdle on Arc Day he won? Uh when he came he back. He won in Tipperary. But yeah, he, he hasn't won since. You know, it's a different kettle yeah. of fish when you then put into open company. That's exactly it. And it'll be interesting to see. They'll obviously as well, they'll figure out after doing their first few bits of work, kind of where the horses are at as well and you know, I think plans will obviously change as well. Um, I'd say nothing will be set in stone 
with each horse. And I'd say let's have to see how horses fare out after their pieces of work and kind of obviously horses they get injured as well and I suppose it will all kind of fare with what happens with each horse. So I'd say that they'll make a plan then going forward. But I'd say they're in a nice position to have that kind of problem where they're going to put all these horses and which route they're going to put all these grade one horses down. But I'd say they've some amount of firepower. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. And it's only getting stronger because ding dong, Michael Leary's back. Um, Michael, yeah. Michael O'Leary, who was stepping away from the game, I'm leaving racing. Not, I'm out of it. My kids aren't interested in it. I'm out. Ah, screw y'all. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here, and I'm going to still be the king. Uh, I love that. I absolutely love that he's still involved, and um, he spent an awful lot of money with Gordon. I'd say kind of. Well, yeah, let's say maybe after the year of Tiger Roll and Cheltenham as well, with Delta Work and Tiger Roll come back, and I'd say... The kids are probably growing up a bit now and they're probably a bit more interested in it. They'd say they know what's going on. And I'd say maybe they want to maybe go racing a bit more and I'd say he was probably maybe waiting for that as a factor. Yeah, that's to get him come back. Um, if the kids are interested in it, then they'll want to go and you want more horses then to go racing. So I'd say that could be maybe a factor into it as well. I'm kind of convinced that Michael O'Leary runs the Ryanair Twitter account because it's the ultimate troll account. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but yesterday they banned James Corden from Ryanair flights. Which was just... Yeah, they're like, James Corden banned from flying at Ryanair. This is because everybody is slowly realizing what a horrible cretin of an individual... Uh, uh, James Corden is um, and uh, it's slowly starting to emerge. It's been emerging for a while but it's creeping out further and f- some American restaurant owner had a right pop at him. He was incredibly pompous to staff in there uh, and unbelievably rude and, and so they just jumped on that and were like, James Corden banned from right <laughs> So I'm pretty certain that that's O'Leary. I'd like to think that's Michael in a boardroom going, you know what would be funny? I'll just tweet this out. Uh, but I'm delighted. But on, on that note of William Mullins having so much firepower, now he's got O'Leary back in again. They've kissed him, made up. Everything's fine. It's just more firepower coming William Mullins' way. Um, he, of course, has El Fabiolo, who was only just denied at Aintree. He'd been injured en route to Leopardstown. Um, we talked about him at that Cheltenham preview. They liked him an awful lot. An awful lot. Uh, he'd won it new, on New Year's Day. Cheltenham was then off the cards. And to run such a mighty race against John Bond was, was a tremendous achievement. And then he goes to Punchestown uh, and picks up a nice novice hurdle prize as well. It's chasing for him. He's a very nice prospect. Yeah, I know. He looks very exciting. He didn't do much wrong last year either. Um, John Bond's a very good horse to be second to him. I'd say it's a good achievement that they're right. Um, I'd say he looks the ideal novice chasing candidate and I'd say two mile would be his kind of trip. I'd say he'd probably stay two and a half as well. Um, but he looks very exciting. Yeah, you can see um, him You can see him lining up in the two mile uh, racing post novices chase on Boxing Day slash St. Stephen's Day. But that would seem to be yeah. 
the kind of route they be going. Unless Sir Gerard, oh god, unless they break my heart and they go and have a chasing with him, and they want to go for for that race with him, but he could go down to Limerick for the Grade One there uh, over two mile five, the one that Fahim yeah. won when he took the roof off. Uh, but two miles would seem ideal for El Fabiola. Yeah, it looks it. Um, he didn't do much wrong over two mile last season, so I'd say I'd say he could be very exciting. Where do you stand on John Bond going chasing? He looks. I don't think he got. He got quite. I don't think he got enough credit for what he did last year either. I think maybe because he came with this big price tag, he had this kind of people thought he should be winning races by half the track. But that's not how racing works. He looks very exciting going over fences. I'd say they're probably aiming for the arc of looking at the way the betting is going for the season. But he could, I'd say he'd stay two and a half as well. He, he won a point to point. He's, I'd say he's stamina there as well. But I'd say they're going to go down the two mile route for the season. But I can't, I can't really fault him. I think he's a gorgeous horse, and I think he's, I think he could be very good over fences too. There was almost an attitude, just to go on what you were saying, from some fans last year that were like, almost like um, NFL fans abusing Eli Manning for not being as good as his brother as a quarterback. Like, oh, your brother's better. It's like. Dovan won the Supreme, you didn't. You got slammed. He was a damn good hurdler last year. And everything that Nicky said about him was whatever about this year, it's always going to be about next year. Like Once you put a fence in front of him, he's going to be a completely different proposition. And yeah. he's he's won his grade one. You know, he's, he's won at Aintree, uh, which I don't think was an easy thing to come out of that Supreme Novices hurdle and then rock up at entry and, and go and win. I think he did very well to do that. He just, th- his physique, everything about him, the way, he's also a Nicky Henderson horse. Like, he is going to be a top-class novice chaser. Is he going to be an Oracle winner? I don't know. But right now, he deserves to be Oracle favourite. No, yeah, I have to agree with you. He's a very exciting horse. He's the profile to be a good novice chaser. Nicky Henson will, I'm sure, look after him well. He'll place him well anyway. Um, I think he's he'd be very excited to watch throughout the year anyway. Mm. Uh, anything else on your agenda yeah. for the Arco? Um, the Arco. Oh my gosh. Um, I think Mighty Potter. I think he is my pick from Irish side. Let's go. I think he's very exciting horse. I I tipped him up for last year at um, the preview night. I thought he was going to be a big hit for the Supreme, but just didn't have whatever happened to him. It just didn't go his way. He pulled up at Cheltenham, um, but he came back at Punchtown and he won his grade one very convincingly, I thought. Um, he beat Sir Gerard. 
and I thought Dynamo was behind him as well. But I think he's whatever he did last year. It was just going to be very exciting over fences. He's a massive horse. He is huge. Um, I just don't think he had much respect for hurdles. I think you'll see him jump better over a fence as well. I think he could be one of the most exciting horses um, for two mile novice chasing this year. Damn. Because I remember watching the Royal Bond and just thinking, that fella is clueless. Like he didn't know what was going on. Um, and he was, I, I really liked him at Leopardstown. And you're right, you were very bullish about him for Cheltenham. Um, and it was, it was, you were kind of emphasizing his physique, just how big a horse he is. And maybe it was the fact that he's a little bit unfurnished, that he is such a, a huge physique of a horse that Cheltenham, the undulating track, the way that pace was, was being run. I mean, they went off at a million miles an hour that day. Maybe it was just too much for him, but to be able to bounce back and win so impressively for all that Sir Gerard underperforms in that race. You can only, and, and Dicer Dynamo definitely underperformed in that race as well, but you still have to be able to go and win your race. And he traveled beautifully. Um, you, From memory, he wasn't the best at the last, but aside from that, he was very, very good jumping. Um, and I remember being very taken with just how bullish yeah, you no, were about think, him at the preview. Yeah, no, he kind of, he let me down at Cheltenham, but he bounced back at Pontchartrain anyway. Um, but I just, think he's he's a very big raw horse like he, he was very immature last year I don't think the penny quite was quite dropping with him but I'd say I'd say he probably filled out in his frame as well after a summer break he was just a frame of a horse last year nearly and I'd say another year under his belt I'd say you could see even better horse this year how many hands is he Katie He's big. He's seventeen two at least. He's massive. Damn. So I'd say he could be. He could be a good chaser in Gordon Elliott's hands. There. Yeah, and he's in the right hands to do really well too. Um, I do, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. For all that you were bullish, I remember you. You even said that that night at the Cheltenham preview that whatever about this season, that next year, next year is when you're going to really see um, a, a top notch recruit to to the chasing scene and um i can't wait to see him jump a fence sooner rather than later hopefully yeah um right let's move on we'll, hopefully we'll, yeah. yeah please god it, it all goes swimmingly well for him because he's a he's a very exciting type um right we'll look at the the intermediate distance uh has gordon said what they're going to do with three stripe life i think there he he'll, he'll surely go Novice chasing, I'd say two and a half would suit him down to a ground. Um, we might even start him over two mile, I'd say. Mm. Um, but he's massively he's a big horse too, and I'd say he could be very exciting over fences. I think between him and Mighty Potter, would be the two kind of two novice chasers to look out for from from Gordon's yard. Anyway, the two most exciting, I think. Appreciate it. So we only got to see him. Once last year, and that was in the champion hurdle when he clearly didn't perform to his best. He was only beaten nine and a quarter lengths, but given the fact that there was so much market support for him, which was weird, I thought. Um, chasing, though, would seem to be the name of the game with him. Yeah, look, he's obviously difficult to train. You know, I'd say he's 
he's hard to keep right by the looks of him only having one run um, last season but look he's definitely got a big engine under his belt um, I'd be interested to see I'd say they'll they'll surely go novice chasing after um, after last season anyway um, be interesting to see, see whether um, they'll be able to keep him sound and keep him right for the year because he's a He's a lovely horse, and it'd be interesting to see between Sir Gerard appreciates it and Mighty Potter what how they fare out between the three of them. Three very exciting horses. Very much so, and it's just a case of keeping him sound because if they can keep him right, the talent is there. It's just a matter of being able to keep all of that intact. Um, Philip Hobbs has already announced that Time Hill is going to go over fences. It's a bit late in the day, but it's late in the day. would appreciate it if you go through that logic. He's eight, so is Time Hill. Um, how do you think chasing will suit him? He'll be nine when the festivals come around. I think Time Hill, I think he's he's done all he can over hurdles. He's obviously, I'd say they've obviously wanted to try something else with him. Um, like he, he had a shot at the um, stay of her last year. He was second. Like he's, He's kind of hitting the crossbar over hurdles at, at that distance. So I'd say, why not try him over um, fences? He'll probably go down the three-mile route, I'd say. Um, I'd say he could be very exciting for for connections. And I'd say it's not, like, you can go and chase him. Like, it can spark him up, but it's something different. It's not jumping hurdles, it's jumping fences, it's something different. So he could spark him up to be a different horse, do you know that kind of way? Yeah. Um, so I'd say it's not, it's not a bad idea at all. And th- that, that type of horse, they kind of improve with age as well. So I wouldn't be writing him up at all, now. And this discipline, like going novice chasing, is just going to prevent more opportunities to be in the winter enclosure because it's not all about Cheltenham. Like, there's no. a lot more opportunities out there. And he could feasibly, if he takes to it, and he obviously is schooling well at home, he could rack up quite a nice sequence. Yeah, no, definitely. There's, there's definitely more options for him to go novice chase now, especially at this stage of his career. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's the right idea what they're doing, to be honest. The nice guy. So he was a surprise winner of the potato race. Slash to hash... <laughs> the Albert Bartlett, but it's always going to be the potato race on the final furlong. Uh, from Manila Cocooner, I was quite keen on Manila Cocooner. Um, not as keen yeah. as I was, though, on um, on another horse in the... I think I've managed to block it from memory. And now I have to scroll... Oh, yeah, well, that was that was horrific. Um, Jinto, had he stayed sound, would have absolutely bolted up in the potato race, but it wasn't to be. Um, so... No. Unfortunately, which was a huge blow. But Willie Mullins ends up having the one-two, and it was a piece of genius with the nice guy who's then gone on to win at Punchestown. And chasing is the name of the game with him. God, he was impressive last year. Uh, if he takes defenses in in the way that they're expecting him to, he's going to be a big, big player. Yeah, I think he kind of went under the radar a little bit too last year. Um, he was kind of under Manila Kakuna's shadow a bit, I think. And he came out to be um, the best of them all in that division. Um, 
I think he could be very nice staying novice chaser. I think they could have a very, very nice three mile um, novice on the hands there. To be honest, yeah, he's he... what he's five. He's five out of five. He's done nothing wrong. Um, he could be very exciting. I mean, to go and win a potato race after a grade one novice hurdle at Cheltenham on the back of just one hurdle run is insane. Especially when you're beating a yeah. DRF winner in the process. And yeah, it, like what happened in that race was was tragic. I find it difficult to watch that race back with Jinto. And Hillcrest mm. didn't perform, and it's a real shame that Hillcrest is going to be out for the season now. Yeah. But it's still a Cheltenham grade one that had a big field, and he's dotted up. Yeah, no, he was, yeah, he, he was, again, he was under the radar, like he, I think he was a big, I think he was 21 or something. Yeah, he was big. If I remember right. Um, but, yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's only done nothing wrong. He looks very exciting for whatever Willie has planned. I'd say he would more than likely go down the chasing unless, unless they go down the staying hurdle route, but I couldn't imagine they would. And Danny's um, horse. Uh, he's, I think he's he's seven a seven year old now. I think he'll be eight next year. So yeah, that's right. I'd say they'll be going, they'll be going novice chasing with him. I'd say at this stage. I I believe it's the plan. Uh, he's a fame and glory, so he should take to it like they do very well over fences. So I'm very intrigued yeah. by him. Um, the horse Danny rides uh, and rode success at the DRF. Uh, Manila Cocooner. He would have won yeah. had Danny been on board him at Cheltenham, but Paul, that pesky Paul Townend wanted the ride. Uh, how dare he want to be able to have the first choice as first rider to Willie Mullins. Um, so he was terrific at the DRF, given a, a very enterprising ride by Danny. He's run two mm-hmm. superb races at Cheltenham and Punchestown as well. And he's a little bit younger. Uh, as a Flemsforth heading over fences, sky's the limit for him too. Yeah, no, he looks very exciting too, and you obviously, he obviously gets on well with Danny Mullins. Anyway, he gave him a great ride in Appletown that day. Um, I'd say he's unless they keep him over hurdles, I'd be surprised if they did. Um, but he, I'd say he'll definitely make out to be a nice novice chaser. Anyway, yeah, chases. whatever they decide to do, Jason's it'd be interesting be. to see. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he splits them up. As well, um, I'm not sure what has he got anything for the stay at home this year or kind of that route. Anything. Classical dream, probably. Yeah, he'll probably stay over here, as I'd imagine. He seems to be quite delicate horse as well, big time. Um, but yeah, no, he's there's a lot of nice novice potential novice chases that coming through the ranks anyway, and just. To try and mix things up here a little bit, Katie. There's, you know, it can't all be the same thing talking about one trainer over and over again. So yeah. uh, to bring in a different trainer, um, there's a, there's a little known fella in Carlo. Um, he's a, he's a famous name, but he's he's little known. He's a trainer to keep an eye on. Willie Mullins. He's got a horse called Dicer Dynamo. So, so Dicer Dynamo is going to go chasing. Um, obviously, Cheltenham was just a disaster, and he then completely bombed out uh, at Punchestown. So what do you do with him over fences this season? Like to me, it seems two miles would be his thing. But is it just a case of getting his confidence back and, and trying to repair the any confidence issues that there may be with him? I, 
I think, if I remember rightly, he presented clinically abnormal after Punchstown. Mm. I think I don't know what the reason was. But they obviously found a problem um, after that race in Punchstown when he when he obviously he ran abysmal. But there was obviously a reason for that. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares after that. I'm sure they'll. Um, I'm sure they'll fix whatever was wrong with him, but be interesting to see if he does come back the same horse after whatever problem he did pick up. It doesn't. I'm not sure what problem it was, but um, yeah, because he started the season out <laughs> like he was going to be an absolute jet plane, and just the, the second half of the season just didn't work out for him. So hopefully there is a problem there that they can fix. Yeah, because it went horribly wrong, but. What he had yeah. done prior to that, like the Moscow Flyer, was just that was ridiculous, and that's yeah. a good horse that Gordon has. The Gringo de Abel. Let's just go with that pronunciation, shall we? Yeah. Um, you will know the correct pronunciation, but to slam him by nineteen lengths was insane. Yeah, no, like we thought he was a lovely horse, and he couldn't even get within a furlong of him, and. Yeah, so he like, he's obviously a big engine there and he could be a very exciting horse. Hopefully it's nothing too serious, whatever it is up or whatever was wrong with him at Punchestown, but hopefully they can get back on the right track and be interested to see what he does do with them. Very much so. Um, I'm quite keen on the Martin Pipewinner, who's already begun his life of offences for Joseph O'Brien Banbridge. Joseph, who is stepping away from jumps racing, is going to be more focused on the flat now, but I think you'll have to pry Banbridge out of the yard from his cold, dead hands because he does not want to be giving up a horse of this talent. Um, we talked about Sir Deschamp and Galopin Deschamp graduating from the Martin Pipe route. There's plenty of other good horses who've done that as well. And he really took to fences uh, with, with a plum uh, at Goran Park, and Gorn's a good test of a novice as well. What do you make of his prospects for the season? Yeah, he looks lovely. He was he um, jumped brilliantly on his um, first start over fences there at Gorn at the beginning of October. Um, I'd say he could be very exciting for Joseph. And he's obviously a plenty of ability as well. Um, so, yeah, I'd be very... He's a very, another very exciting position. I wonder when he... Will they will they have the um, royal bond meeting in mind? Maybe for him. The the greatest novice chase there. Yeah, what, what's it called? Drinmore. Drinmore, yeah. I think that that could be. He's one over two and a half. He's one over three. I think was he second over three? I think if I remember rightly. So I think he'll definitely stay the trip anyway. Be interesting to see whether they aim him for that. Yeah, he was. He's got a run under his belt. He was second in a point to point over over three, uh, which doesn't always yeah. translate. But based on what he's done, I don't see any reason mm-hmm. why. What the hell has it gone? It's the Turners and the Brown Advisory. The Brown Advisory is now what was the RSA, and the Turners is the Gallop and Deschamp I still need therapy race um, either one of those would be ideal for him um, yeah he's he's a very exciting prospect and I know JJ Slevin was was raving to racing TV afterwards as well like they they like him an awful lot so 
Banbridge will be very high on the list. Um, other novice chasers that we should be looking out for, Katie? Um, free Stripe Black, I've mentioned him. Um, Blazing Carl, I wonder they haven't definitely um, figured out his route yet, but he looks exciting, whatever he's, I think they do with him. Yeah. Um, Paul's put him up for I don't the, know whether they're going to go. Paul's put him up for the stairs hurdle, but Charles hasn't decided yet whether it's stair, whether they're going down the hurdle route or switch him to chasing. Yeah. The thing that's a little bit sad about it, on a, on a side note, is the news came out yesterday. Mark Boylan did an interview with Donald McInerney that he's he's quitting the saddle. Now he's said that he's putting paws on it, but um, or putting a paws on it, not doing what my cat does put a pause on me uh, putting a pause on his career over over as a jockey and switching to being a pre-trainer because it, he can't make it pay and I wonder how many more jockeys are going to be falling falling that suit I mean this is a guy who was twice conditional champion um, he's won over 800 grand in prize money in Ireland in the last five years but you're only getting 10% of that it's pretty he speaks eloquently and he speaks very sensibly about the situation, but it's pretty depressing that a jockey of that talent and caliber has to go, I'm going to shuffle off into a different division of racing. I'll stay in the sport, but I can't make a pay as a jockey. It just gives you an idea of how bloody difficult it is. Yeah, I know it is. It's, it's not an easy game to be in. It's long days, long weeks, not very many holidays in between. Um, it's a shame really he was he was a great jock and he obviously had a great partnership with Blazing Car as well mm. um, so it is, it, is, it is a shame and it is it's sad to see anyone kind of retire from something that they're obviously very good at and they did once love but I suppose he's obviously has this pre-training set up that he's obviously enjoying and he wants to put his time and efforts into that maybe um, but yeah like I say it's being a jump jockey or a flat jockey is not an easy feat. They're driving hours around the country, day in, day out, and not many days off in between. So I can see, I can see why people are having to give up. To be honest, yeah. I mean, I, I speak to Sean Quinlan quite a bit on the final furlong, and uh, he paints a very. He said it on the show many times. I'm not speaking out of school. He's he's painted a very. Uh, interesting picture of just how tough it is, like whatever about Ireland, the driving the length and breadth of the UK to get from track to track, it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant at all. And no. and he does very well for himself. So if you're you know, if you're down the the scale, if you're down the the ladder, um how much how difficult is it for those jockeys? And it's it's pretty brutal, and if if he's stepping away before the jump season starts proper, how many are going to step away during it? It's it's pretty dark. Um, anything else to to highlight, Katie? Um, I think I think we covered. I think the to be honest, I think the stayers route this year, three mile division over hurdles. I think it. I think that's very open. To be honest. I think it would be maybe Christmas time where we'd see kind of our three mile star for this year will be. Um, I think the like the obviously the obvious divisions of Thor and Porter side of early, they won their grade ones last year. And it'd be interesting to see if there's any kind of 
novices stepping up to three mile, how they fare out in that division. Um, so I think that's an interesting. It's not, I'm not saying it's a weak division, but I think it could be very open um, for the three mile staying route this year. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, when you've got the nice guy as the standout favorite, four to one for what was the RSA, now the Brown Advisory. Then you've got um, Aligor Devasi has been quoted by a few. Manila Kakuna is second favourite. Hillcrest is out for the season. Shame on you! Uh, will I name these bookmakers, or will I leave them alone? Ah, screw it. Carl, whoever the hell you are. Uh, Sport Nation, whoever you are. Uh, Live score bet. Ladbrooks. Jesus Christ. Betfair. Oh, come on! You all know better. Hillcrest, out for the season. Take him out of your anti-post betting, please. Thanks very much. Um, but it, it's it's very open after that. I mean, you mentioned Blazing Cal. He's 20s, 12s with some firms. Um, Time Hill is a similar price. It's really open. Uh, we, we've spoken about Three Stripe Life. He's down to 10s with some firms. Some are going 14s. Again, this is for the Brown Advisory. Uh, should you be so inclined? It's it's basically about the nice guy, Manila Kakuna, and then take your pick. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it'd be interesting to see as well how like I know Cheltenham was a long way off, but that is kind of that is the pinnacle of the year really and it's it's a long road getting there. It'd be interesting to see how these horses fare out through the season, which routes they take. Um and if they even get there is that's that's the biggest hurdle to cross is just getting to the end of the season, to be honest, for a lot of them. Yeah, that's why I, I get a, a real kick out of you shouldn't be called a contender, you should be called the champion. Get him there. Get Constitution Hill to the champion hurdle and then let's see if he can actually go and win it. But this nonsense of, oh, just call him the champion now. Like Anybody can do a Jeremy Kyle impression and be brash and arrogant. It doesn't pay. It doesn't work. It does for some. But no, no, that's oh, that was really a wreck in my head. Um, Banbridge is twenties for the Turners and the same price for the Brown Advisory, and I'm I'm very intrigued in him. He would probably be he would be a bet right now for me. The question is, which of those races is he going to go for? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in the Brown Advisory. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in the Turners. Um, but. That, that stands out as a very intriguing bet to me at, at 20s. Uh, is there anything that stands out to you? No, I think he's, the, he's kind of one on my shortlist, to be honest. Um, he's the obvious ones we've talked about as well. Um, and I suppose, Phil Dore, we mentioned him. He'd be interesting with, the, um, with his four-year-old allowance as well. You could put that that could put him right in the mix. Um I think Jerry Kalam as well. Hey. He's probably one forgotten about. He kind of he had a he missed missed a good bit of his year last year. But I think we always thought he was a very, very nice horse and I'm sh- pretty sure he'll probably go down the novice chasing route. And I'd say two and a half, three mile would be his trip, soft ground. So I'd say he'll probably likely to be out this side of Christmas, all being well. Hopefully he's, hopefully he's 
um, summered well and he could be an exciting horse to see whether or not I think he's I think he could be ground dependent I think he needs soft ground so I'd say I'd say if it rains plenty this side of the water I'd say he'd be staying over this side of the pond um, nice. on the novice chasing route maybe I had almost forgotten about Jerry Colon to prove your point yeah, and he is good. He's a good horse, and he's going to be a, a nice novice chaser. Um, yeah, I have, yeah. I have three to just add in before we we wrap up. Uh, kind of four actually, because spoke with David Pipe about Jericho Rock. Everyone at this point knows I absolutely love that horse. He's still a novice. Um, intriguingly, he's going to go for the Hennessy, or the Coral, or whatever it's called these days. The Hennessy, as it will always be known on the final furlong. Unless Carl come on board as a sponsor, in which case I completely change my tune and go like, oh, well, Carl very kindly took uh, Hillcrest out of the anti-post betting when he got injured. Still there. Um, I, I like him an awful lot. I'm very intrigued by the fact that David is going to go for the, the Hennessy with him to start with. And when asking about Cheltenham, I mean, looking back at the festival last year, he probably should have gone for the Kimura, but he ran a mighty race in the Ultima. And by the sounds of how David was speaking in that stable tour I did on the final furlong, they'd be disappointed if they're rocking up with a, a favourable mark or even a, a, any kind of mark in the Ultima. Uh, they want him to have to have made his mark, so National Hunt Chase could very well be on the agenda for him. Um, and maybe he'll be too good for that. Maybe it'll be the um, the Brown Advisory, but I would I would be very, very keen on, on Jericho Rock for the season. Uh, Jungle Boogie, Fragile, but extremely talented. Um, he has a big engine. He was very impressive when he won his chasing debut at Fairy House. He won that by 12 lengths. That looked as though he was going to be grade one class. Um, if they can keep him sound, his mark is 148 over fences. He'll take advantage of that. Uh, and Banbridge, who we've spoken about already, 20 to 1 for the Brown Advisory and the Turners, I think is more than fair about him. Um, the other one is, is a horse that I briefly mentioned at the start, and that's O'Toole. He was very highly regarded at the Crawfords. I think Simon regards him as the best. Or Simon, who the hell is Simon? Sam Munir um, regards him very highly with uh, Isaac Swede, but Stuart Crawford seemed to be of the view that he's the best that he's had in the yard, uh, that he's still training, and that performance in Punchestown when he split Kilcrut and... Um, uh, Sir Gerard, I mean, okay, Kilcrot was disappointing afterwards, but Sir Gerard certainly did an awful lot for that form, and he'll be a much better chaser than he was a hurdler. So O'Toole would have to be ranking very, very high on the list. So they would be the four that I would put up for the season um, as things stand. We still have novice hurdlers to talk about, but we're going to do that in another podcast, Katie, because yeah. it's time for a coffee slash it's time for bed. Whichever time of the day it is that you're listening to this show, it's up to you. For me, it's coffee time. Then again, it's always coffee time for me. Uh, so, novice hurdles to talk about next and some bumper horses. I was going through, I have a point-to-point guy who is just superb. And I was going through the list of horses today. The amount of money some of these horses have fetched. He has the private sales figures for some of these. I don't know how he gets it, but he does. It's bonkers. The amount of money horses have gone for. Um, there's one with Gordon, actually, who you might know. Um, 
Better days ahead. A Milan who Nolan Valerie, Valerie Moran paid £350,000 at the Cheltenham Festival uh, point-to-pointer sale. And he comes from the Warren Ewing stable. So he's coming through the Constitution Hill graduation. Uh, no pressure, but he's very highly touted. Um, very exciting. He's a four-length winner of his point-to-point and um, is already 20s for the Cheltenham champion bumper, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> he hasn't run mm-hmm. under rules yet, and he's 20s for the champion bumper. All right, I bro. think that lo- that that Lossie, is it Lossie Mouth, that one in France is favourite for the triumph, and that hasn't even run yet over here. Oh, for it is, it is madness. Like, for God's like, sakes. They haven't even done anything over They haven't ran over hurdles yet. Over let, let me guess. They're already favourite. Is he... Willie Mullins, Rich Richie? I think so, yeah. Willie Mullins, anyway, I'm not sure who bought him, but I'm assuming it's probably Rich Richie. It's probably Richie Rich. It more than likely is. I'm I'm just looking him up here now. Uh, They haven't switched his stable name yet. He's still under Yannick Foyne in France, but um, no, I've I've heard about him. 10 to 1? Oh, do one, son. Okay, bro. Yeah. Okay, bro. If you want to go and have 10 to 1 about a horse in the Triumph Hurdle who is yet to run under rules. It might be great value. <laughs> it might be. In this is the thing. Time, but I don't know. But for, to do. for all those people who will wave the, ah, but Kennedy, Vitor, and, um, and uh, Dovan, oh, there's Mint. You know, there's always one who's just not going to quite do it. And there's plenty of Rich Richie, Willie Mullins horses who were touted for the Supreme slash Triumph who never did anything. Um, that's exactly it. There was one running in Killarney the other day. So let's, let's, just, yeah, let's just see how all that pans out, shall we? Uh, Katie, I've really enjoyed looking ahead to the new season with you. I'm looking forward to chatting some more. We'll do the Gold Cup with you uh, next time as well because that's going to be an intriguing one. Um, anything that we should be looking out for the next over the next couple of days? I think kind of this weekend, Cheltenham is kind of the real season opener now. It's you know, all the kind of winter horses are starting to appear. And next month, we've got Down Royal um, to look forward to. There's a few nice horses. Gordon's entered up there. Um, hopefully, hopefully, they'll go out and prove themselves worthy grade one contenders down the line for the season. Um, but yeah really exciting times for the season ahead I think I can't wait I mean this weekend we've got we've got the race of the month at least Burton Futurity on the flat let's go no it's all about Chalam um, for all that we will definitely be covering the Burton Futurity and reviewing it on the final four long and I am very excited about that race come on Cheltenham's back Got our old friend Knight Salute back. Let's go. Um, very much looking forward to it. And looking forward to chatting to you on the show again uh, next, Kitty. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, as we break down the Gold Cup Division, Champion Chase Division, Novice Hurdlers, and some bumper horses to look forward to as well. Try and get some more insight from uh, Mr. The, the Roach side of things as well uh, from you. But, Katie, pleasure as always. Looking forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, thanks very much, Evan. And thank you for listening. Remember, a five-star rating on whichever podcast app it is that you're listening to us on. Uh, or Apple Podcasts, 
uh, is greatly appreciated. Looking forward to talking to you again very soon on the Final Four Podcast. we got Mark Milligan with us to preview the weekend's action, including Cheltenham and the Virgin for surety, and much more besides. All that on the way at the Sir Mark Prescott interview is available now. It's just below this very episode on your podcast feed. Enjoy it. Be safe, be well. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. With betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki have prominent betting pitches and race courses across the UK. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk.